This time on the Fountains Fellowship Fort Worth, the podcast. Pastor Samuel brings us the first message in our Life With series. Life with what, you ask? You'll have to listen to find out. Also, a word of apology regarding the delay in the upload of the pod for the past few weeks. There were some tech guy family problems that resulted in all editing being put on the back burner, but I'm back now, and you should expect the rest of these backlog podcasts to drop in the next few days at the latest. So without further ado, here's Pastor Samuel with the first week of Life With. Good morning. How are we doing? Welcome today. We're so thankful that you're here this morning. God is in this place, amen? We are so thankful for you. We're so excited that you got up this morning an hour early. Come on, I want you to pat your neighbor like on the back. Do something to tell them how thankful you are uh, that they are here this morning. We are so excited, friends, about what the Lord is doing uh, through you and in your life. And uh, we're excited about where God continues to take us and use us to do great things. Have a few updates this morning. You have not seen my wife this morning. She is at Champion Church in Yuma, Arizona this morning, and she was there for a ladies' conference this weekend. And friends, if I've learned anything this weekend, uh, that is that I really need my wife. The house continues to get dirtier and dirtier. And I think to myself, like, what is going on? When my wife's home, none of this happens, right? There, there is stuff all over my house, so if you know somebody who knows how to clean, I've got about six hours when I get home today in order to make that house look beautiful so that she thinks that everybody's healthy and whole and good, right, by the time she gets home. So just text her, tweet her right now, and just tell her, Sam really needs you desperately, okay? So all of you do that, please. Thank you very little. All right. Let's move on today. We're so thankful that you're here. I need to give you an update because last week we had an opportunity uh, to give to our forward campaign. And it was the first time here in, in the last three years that we've actually had an opportunity to give over and above our tithes and offerings to our forward campaign. If you don't know, we are moving here at the end of August, early September into the, the uh, old Wedgwood Theater on Interstate 20 and Granbury Road. And we are so excited. We were able to look at the place a few weeks ago. A lot of you came out to see it. And we just cannot wait to get over there. We know God has a plan for us in that location. We know there are lots of people that need a life-giving church and a life-giving Jesus to share. And, and we are just so thankful for the opportunity to go over there. So last week, friends, you all came and gave to the Forward Campaign. And I'm going to tell you how much we raised, right? We, uh, uh, but before I do that, we, our plan was over the next six months to raise $150,000, and that gets us into the place. We're able to outfit the place with children's ministry stuff, with sound systems and lights and all the things that you and I get to experience today, an even greater opportunity as we move forward. And then over the next year total, we're going to raise $250,000. Now, I believe that God will provide all the finances that we need so that you and I and all the people that are far from Jesus, when they come into the house of God, they'll feel loved, they'll feel honored and blessed to be in God's house. And so last week, we, our plan was to raise 150, and we are headed in that direction. Last week, all of you combined with the Crowley campus, we raised over $51,000 last week. Come on, everybody. 
That is so unbelievably awesome. And, and I want to thank you from, from the, just the, the deepest part of my heart that you all were faithful to do amazing miracles. And the staff this week, we got together, we celebrated. We, we, we were so thankful. We prayed and lifted that money up to God saying, Lord, use it in amazing ways. And friends, I want to encourage you, if you didn't get a chance last week, you can fill out your forward card. Fill it out. Turn it in. Let me specify something as you give, because what we did was we asked for you to give faithfully. My wife and I have dedicated that we would, instead, instead of giving 10% of our tithes, we would give 13%. Every paycheck. And if all of us were able to commit to doing that, we would easily raise the $250,000. But I want to tell you, you must specify when you give at the donation station, through your uh, offering envelopes, when you give at the kiosk in the back, or when you give online. It's very important that you specify that additional amount go to the forward campaign. Because if it doesn't, it will just go into the general fund. That's great. But we want to also be faithful in giving to that forward campaign. So make sure you specify that any time that you give the portion that you are sending to the forward campaign. Can we just, everybody do that? Is that okay? So make sure you've got your forward campaign uh, card in front of you, and you can take care of that when you are ready. Everybody say okay. We are so excited about the new series that we have today. We are starting a five-week series. It's called Life With. And I'm so very excited over these next five weeks. We've been working on this. I believe God is going to share things with you that you've not heard before. But also, I believe the Lord comes and reminds us of things and helps us understand what he really wants for our lives. And today, we're going to start the, the series Life With. Now, friends, if you miss a week in this process, get online. You can find our podcast. Just listen to it throughout the week. We know and believe that God's going to bless your life as you grab a hold of the series Life With. Now, today, I'm not going to give you a bunch of points to uh, to to you know, begin to put into practice in your life over the next couple of days. Today really is an invitation to start thinking about your relationship with God in a different way. And so today I want you to understand that there are some things that will help you see the way that you should live. And then over the next four weeks, we're going to unpack that thought. And I believe by the time we're finished with this series, God's going to cause you to rise up in amazing ways. And friends, I want to honor God in my life. I want to do what God wants me and created me to do. And so I'm excited about that. Now, I want to start off with a question this morning for you. And this is the question that Jesus always asked people as we see him when he lived uh, on earth this life. He asked them this one question, what do you want? What do you want? That's the question for today, And we see in the Bible here that Jesus actually asked his disciples this. He said here in John 1.38, he says, Jesus looked around and saw them following him. And he asked this question, what do you want? When it comes to this idea of discipleship, the life of transformation and becoming like Jesus, this is the question. This is the first question. This is the last question. This is the question that you should be thinking about today. What is it that you want in your life? You know, Jesus would ask many people different questions, but it all came down to the main point of what is it that you want. He asked people, hey, would you follow me? But underneath that question of would you follow me is what do you really want? He asked Peter, hey, Peter, do you love me? 
And Jesus, underneath that question of do you really love me, he's asking Peter, Peter, what do you want? Friends, he wasn't asking people, hey, what do you know? Or what do you believe? He's saying, what do you want? And the reason he asked this question is because Jesus knew that that what we are is what we want. All of our desires, all of our longings today at the core of our identity is what do you want? And the Bible speaks about this idea in Proverbs 4.23. He says, above all else, guard your heart for everything, friends, that you do flows from it. So whatever is going on in your heart, whatever you deeply want today is where your life is headed And I want to encourage you to question that because everything that flows from it, that's the part of your core identity. Today we're talking about this idea of discipleship and allowing God to transform your life. And you always have to ask the question, what is it that I really want? Listen, discipleship is a lot more, friends, today about hungering and thirsting more than it is about knowing and believing. When we think about God changing our lives, it becomes apparent that the direction that we're headed is the place that we hunger and thirst after, not necessarily what we believe and what we know. Listen, the hunger and thirst fuels the way that you and I approach God. Did you know that? When you go home today, what are you really thirsty for in your life? You will run after that. So today I want to talk to you about the four different ways that you and I approach God. And hopefully I can bring some clarity to the approach that that we we should enter our relationship with God with. And so the first area in our approach, and I've got a graphic up here to show you this, is is the thought of life from God. We see here God's right in the center. And then for a lot of us, we're right over here. And I would say this is probably the most common way that we approach God, is this life from God. What this means is that you believe in God. You believe that there is a God and that he can really help you. You believe that, that, that whenever you really need him, that you can turn to him and he's going to come and he's going to meet your needs. You know, a lot of times we think of this as, as this view of God as kind of like a cosmic vending machine. You basically say when there's difficulty in your life, maybe a, your girlfriend or your boyfriend broke up with you, or maybe you ran out of money, or, or maybe there's, there's your, your spouse and your relationship is broken down. All of a sudden, you, you know that God exists, and your, your attitude is, hey, God, I need you in this most difficult moment. And so anytime you go to God, it's always on the basis of when you really need him. So it's this relationship of life from God. So, but it always and only is when you need something from him. So that's one way, friends, that we can approach God. The second way is if you'll notice up here, life over God. Now, in life over God, you'll say things like God always, God never, God only does these things. The whole idea of, of this approach is that you feel like you control God and that you, you've taken all the mystery out of God and you know what God does and you know how he works and every decision is based on the, the control that you have in your life to tell people how God works, how he responds. You always think you know how God thinks. 
You know, many, many churches approach ministry in this same way. And it's dangerous in the church setting because when you start to think in this life over God, all people should be at the same place at the same time spiritually. And we come with this attitude like everybody should be happy. Everybody should be encouraged today. Everybody should be in a life group. Everybody should be serving. And for, for a lot of times, we, we, we don't realize that God works through imperfect people. And then uh, sometimes we all aren't happy. Even Jesus was sad at times in the Bible. And we kind of have this cookie-cutter approach to, to developing God's people. We think everybody should be doing this, everybody should be doing that, and if they're not, something's really wrong. But friends, with this, with this understanding that life is over God, we all don't relate to God the same way. And we all don't know God. I, listen, there are things that I don't know about God. There are things that I don't understand why he does those things. Am I wrong? Am I in the wrong place? No, friends. I can't have the attitude like I know everything. Because all of a sudden, my life will be based on what I know and what I think God's going to do. But I serve a greater God that sees much greater than I will ever until I see him face to face. So we've got life from God. We've got life over God. And then we also have life under God. We see this, this attitude. The, the, the best way to define this approach is something called legalism. If this is your approach to God, you spend most of your life trying to get everything right, trying to earn God's love and acceptance. Have you ever been there? I've been there. We, 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 we talk about that, that, uh, that God's a God of grace and mercy, and yet every day we think, man, have I messed up where God's going to push me away? Have I, have I made a, a wrong mistake? Have I sinned too much? And, and all of a sudden, we find ourselves trying to work our way to Jesus, trying to do things to please him. Listen, the problem with legalism is that it only produces two things. One, it produces defeat if you're honest, because you never measure up. And secondly, it produces hypocrisy. And what that means is we feel like that we, we live this, this life that says, hey, I'm, I'm something when I'm really not. And we stand up in church and we worship like everything's great. And yet there's no reality to it. And there's a struggle. And every day we wake up and think, God, I just want to do the right things. But then by the time you go to bed, you think, man, I have messed up. God, you must not like me. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And there's this constant struggle, friends, with life under God. The whole life under God and legalism and earning God's grace and earning his love is the wrong road. Somebody say okay. And obviously in church, this can be a real danger. You know, they talk about Christianity and how that Jesus came and he came along and paid your full and final debt for sin. So Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. And all the other religions are spelled do, D-O. And there's this, there's this real crazy uh, a thing, and, and, and we find out that certainly Jesus did that finished work on the cross. He took care of the, the debt that we owed in our sin, and now we can live righteous. But what happens is people come into the church, and we say it's all about grace. It's all about Jesus. But then when people get involved, all of a sudden the acceptance and grace that was there now turns into performance and conformity. And it's all about standing up in church and telling everybody what, how great we are. 
and look at us and, and, and all of these things. And, and friends, so many of us have a lot of messed up baggage from way too many years of approaching God in this way. We gotta work our way to Jesus. Forget that. That's not what Jesus did. And so today, we've talked about the three approaches, but today I want to spend the majority of our time with what I believe God wants us to approach him like and in the option that he gave us. Number four is called life with God. And these are all in your notes, and I want you to follow along with the thoughts as we talk today. Many of us today have a hard time believing that this God of the universe actually wants to be with us. Did you know that he actually created you so that he could be with you, so that he could spend time with just you. And for a lot of us, we struggle with that. I want you to consider the story in Genesis. God creates the Garden of Eden and creates Adam and Eve in this beautiful, majestic garden. He creates them. Why? So that he could spend time with them. Listen to this interesting phrase that we see in Genesis 3.8. He says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I love that. I love that picture, friends, because I love that Jesus just wanted to be with Adam and Eve and and how desperately he just wants to live life with you. Every day, every place that you go, every situation that you are in, friends, he just wants to be with you. In this approach where we come to God and say, God, I'm just going to be with you, is the desire of his heart. You know, when, when, when my wife and I got married, even though we worked till two in the morning at the restaurant, I didn't care how late it was. I still wanted to go to Denny's, which was the only place open, just so that I can look at her. And talk with her. You know, I, I, I mentioned my son. There's a picture here of my son and I. We went to dinner, and we, we were going to go across to the, the yogurt store after. And my son said, Dad, will you just walk with me over there? And I'm like, of course, as long as I can hold your hand in public. And so this is a picture of him and I. Nicole dro- has, drove up to us and took a little picture of it as we were walking together, friends. And I didn't care what happened that night. But the fact that my eight-year-old son wants to hold his daddy's hand messes me up inside from an emotional perspective, right? And as I'm walking with him, I want to skip because my son wants to hold my hand. Friends, I want to encourage you. This is the way your heavenly father feels about you. Right where you're at today, he so desperately wants to live life with you. When you begin to understand that God wants to be with you, when you begin to understand that God actually wants to change and be with you and live life, it changes everything. He created you and I to have this life with God mentality, this life with God reality. You know, friends, deep inside of every human being, there's this desire to make a difference. There's this real desire, a a desire to say that my life will count for something. Not that you're going to be able to flip the whole world upside down with some great invention, but but that you and I have, have this relationship with God and he produces something great in us. All of us want to be successful. 
all of us want to do great things. And when we are connected to God, he makes an amazing impact in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. And it produces amazing amounts of fruit. Listen, Jesus speaks of this desire to make a difference in John 15, 5. He says here, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. You and I are branches, and those who remain in me, and I am them, and I in them will produce much fruit. The assumption here is that because he's Jesus, every single person has a desire to bear fruit in every single person's life, and, and we have a desire to make a difference. You know, the second thing he says is, by the way, you can't do life. You can't do that unless you remain in me. And he uses the fruit as an example. He uses something about fruit in the branches and how that you and I, if we remain in him, will produce massive amounts of fruit. You know, in my backyard, I've got this pear tree. And it produces these amazing pears every year. And my kids' job is to, their, their jobs are to run out there before they drop and make sure they pick all this beautiful fruit. Because if they don't, and it hits the ground, every animal on God's green earth will be in my backyard, devouring the pears. And you know, last week I went and I pruned the tree and I cut it and got it all ready for, this, for, for it to beautifully bloom. And last week, I noticed as I was walking out there with Jet the other day, this is the pear tree after one week of being disconnected from the vine. And as you see, it's discolored, it's broken. And we were checking it out, and I was talking to my kids about it yesterday and, and, and using this as, as an example. This is what our life will look like, friends, if we are disconnected from the vine, from the source of life. And unfortunately, we work with a lot of people. We spend time with a lot of people and we look at their lives and we think, this is what it looks like. But the great thing is that you and I understand that Jesus is our source. And he says it here that if we are connected to him, if we are living life with him, we won't produce this. Who wants this? In fact, nobody does. And the Bible speaks of what happens when you are disconnected from the vine. I love this. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. In me, you will bear much fruit, the Bible says. But apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, this is the understanding today that our lives with God will produce not just a small amount of fruit, but will produce an amazing amount of fruit. Listen, at the end of the day, our responsibility as a follower of Jesus is just to abide with Jesus, to stay connected to him from moment to moment to moment. We have one job today, friends. One job, if you will get anything out of this sermon, out of this small little talk, is that you and I have an opportunity just to abide with Jesus on a daily basis. You know, I've, I've, I was looking at these images online I don't know if you've ever Googled this, but the, 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 the word is you had one job. You had one job today. And look at some of these images here. You had one job, and for some reason, you decided to mess up those lines. One job. Let's see the next pic. You had one job to spell school correctly. 
And if you didn't, everybody was going to see it. Next, next pig. You had one job to put all the bag of candy and pour it in the dispenser. One job. Next pig. You had one job to tag the correct yellow crayon. And yet all of them are yellow. And because I'm colorblind, I would have used every one of those for yellow. Next pig. You had one job to put the right color connected to the right name. What is going on here, friends? Next picture. You had one, look look at this, gave the bakery a photo on the USB drive to put on the cake. This is the cake they made. They stuck the USB, right, right in there for all to see. Next picture. Was that the last picture? Was that it? That's okay. That's okay. Thank you so much, Maddox. You're awesome. You and I have one job in this spiritual life, and that is just to abide. I love that because Jesus understands how important it is that you abide in him. Because if you do not, the Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're wondering who the source of life is, we need to stay connected to produce fruit in order to make a difference in this world, in order to be able to love and forgive and do all the things that he's caused and created us to do, we must stay connected to the vine. Because apart from him, you and I are going to wither up. When you start noticing in, that you produce things that are unhealthy, that are uh, not whole, that, that aren't successful in your relationship to your family, your friends, to the world out there that is lost, that needs you, when you start feeling that in your life, you must realize it's all because maybe there's a disconnect in your life to God. And God through his wonderful power, wants to come and produce life in you. I love God. I love the fact that God's plan for my life and your life is not a conservative plan. It's not a plan to produce small things. It's a plan to produce amazingly great things. Friends, if, if we didn't need Jesus, we could produce all these things on our own. We could do great things, but, but, but Jesus is telling us that he is the source of that. He is the vine and that you and I are just little branches. But because we're little branches, we can produce great, great things. You know, sometimes in the church, though, as we begin to produce fruit, we get very boastful. We think for some reason as we begin to be successful and God begins to bless our lives and God begins to put us in an area of opportunity and in areas where, where we can speak to lots of people and things, all of a sudden we can, we can rise up and say it's all about us. But friends, it has nothing to do with us. It has more to do with the fact that Jesus is our source and, and through our lives he's using us, right, as tools to reach people for the kingdom of God to produce great things. God is the source of that. And that's what I want to encourage you. It's not nearly as much about us and more of us just abiding with Jesus. And once you get it, that you're the branch and that Jesus is the vine, you and I can live a healthy life. You know, if you're, if you're like me, you're thinking, well, how do I live like this? What does that look like? How do I, on a daily basis, abide in Jesus? How how is this going to change my life? How do I actually apply this to my life on a daily basis? Well, friends, I'm telling you that over the next four weeks, we're going to begin to lay out that plan for you. 
We're going to begin to talk to you about things that you need to hear so that, so that God can begin to change you from the inside out. But it will all be from the understanding that you make a commitment that every day you will abide with Jesus. You will spend time with, with a loving God who wants to grow you and teach you and build courage and strength in you and increase your, your, your ability to see and increase the life that he's given you. Why? So that you wouldn't give in to fear and doubt and worry and disappointment, but that you would be focused on real life and a real vision and a real excitement about where God's taking you and how, how he's using you. Even sometimes in the midst of difficulty, he will come and because you, he, you and him are abiding together in this, you will begin to produce much fruit, the Bible says. And listen to this verse in closing. John seven thirty seven. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. It's not for a select group of people, but this is for anyone that is thirsty. He says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. You know what I've noticed about a lot of people? Many of us are very thirsty. For some of you today, you are very thirsty and you are dry. And you've come in this morning, you, you woke up an hour early just to come to the house of God today. And, and, and yet you would sit there, you and I, we're all guilty at this, of this in moments where we come and we're so thirsty. We're saying, God, we need you in a real way. Our souls are thirsty. And what happens is we're thirsty because we've been trying to do so many different things that our world told us that if we did these things, it would quench our thirst. We've tried to make all the money. We've tried to, tried to live our life and fill our lives with things and relationships and, and all the things that the world tells us that we need that, that will help us satisfy our thirsty souls. And yet we realize this morning that the only thing that can quench the life that God has given you to quench your, your thirsty soul comes when we abide in the, the vine, in the source. His name is Jesus Christ. Some of you thought if I could just get married, I wouldn't be thirsty anymore. If I would just have kids, I wouldn't be thirsty and hungry. You better stop that. If I just had this place and if I just had this awesome career, if I just had the corner office, I would, I would all of a sudden, my, my thirst would be quenched. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't work that way. Nothing will quench your thirst other than abiding in Christ. The reality is we tried a bunch of different things to quench thirst, and it just compounds that. If life has left you thirsty this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity for God to come into your life and satisfy your thirst, satisfy your hunger. Listen, whatever you are thirsting for, whatever you are hungering for today, that's the direction of your life. And I want to tell you, when you begin to abide in God, he'll begin to quench your life in ways you've never had before. You'll find more satisfaction. You'll find more enjoyment as, as a Christ follower than ever before. If you're sitting there today and you're struggling with some things, if you're struggling with worrying about where, where your life is headed and what you're going to do, I want you to take the approach that Christ has offered you today, and that is just to be and live with him on a daily basis. 
Friends, let's bow our heads this morning because I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for those of you that have never asked Jesus into your heart this morning. Boy, you're, you're hungry this morning. You're hearing what I'm saying and, and you're saying, God, I really need you. I really need that today. And friends, the only answer that we have is the only answer that you need. And his name is Jesus. He came to die on the cross. God sent him to die on the cross to deal with that issue of sin and death. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And, but, but the gift of eternal life, right, is freedom and life in Jesus. And if you're far from God or maybe you've ran away and today you want to say a quick prayer, what will happen is God will transform your life. And we're going to say this together collectively. And as you say this prayer, when we're finished, I want you to fill out a connection card. I want you to take it to the first steps table. And we have a Bible for you. We have a plan for your life so that you can begin to abide in Jesus daily. And friends, this is the commitment that we're going to make today. So I want us to say this together collectively as we pray this salvation prayer and we start our journey with Christ say dear God I believe there's a heaven I believe there's a hell I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again to save me from my sins and save me from hell I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I've hurt you and I'm sorry I pray, pray that you would forgive me Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and save my soul. I trust you to be my personal Savior. And I thank you. Friends, I want to say one more prayer for you. Those of you that are walking with Jesus, maybe you, you thought there were some things that you thought you had control over and they're, they're coming unglued in your life. And you, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of worry with jobs, or maybe relationships, maybe financially you are over your head and you don't know what is going to happen. The remedy to all of the worry and the doubt is that God would come in and increase our faith and decrease your fear. I want to encourage you that as you hunger and thirst for a mighty God today, that God would come in and bring such life and healing to you. That he would bring such direction into your life this morning. But it requires a response from you today. It requires you to say, God, I need you desperately in my life. And so today I want to take a moment and just pray and, and declare that over your life today. That, that it wasn't a mistake that you showed up at church this morning. And it wasn't a mistake that you got up an hour early. But, but, but it was on purpose. And friends, I believe God has a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And as you say yes to him, God will begin to produce much fruit in your life. Dear Father, we lift up these wonderful people that you brought to this house today. God, we bless you, Lord. We honor you. You are the source. And I pray that over these people this morning. I pray that over their life today. And God, I pray that they would walk in a new, with a new sense of purpose. That they would walk with a new sense of, of, of you being the source of their life. That you would come in, bring healing to the hurt in their life. You would bring direction to, to, to all the difficult situations 
and circumstances, that you would bring hope to their heart, God. You are the source. And I pray today that your people would receive the power that comes by the, by the filling of the Holy Spirit today, God. That you would come in a great way. Begin to speak to them today. Speak life into your people, Lord Jesus. Bring hope to their hurting hearts and, and their discouragement, God. Lift them up, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and glory today for what you're about to do and what you've done in this place. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say amen. That's it for this time. Tune in next podcast for the second Life With message. You have a blessed one.